Welcome, everybody, to a special episode of the Today in Space podcast. Uh, today, I had uh, my friend John uh, come on. Um, great friend. I've been friends with him for years. Um, and we both have something we really have a passion for. We both kind of got involved in both of our careers in it. Um, him in film and me in with space. So uh, he's also a space buff himself, uh, especially with the science uh, aspect of it. Uh, and me and him, we have just great conversations. So I wanted to bring him on, uh, introduce him to all of you guys. Uh, we'll definitely be having him back soon. Um, just had a great time with him. We we sat down for what probably we thought it was going to be a half an hour. Turns out it was an hour and a half before you know we blinked and it was already there. So um, I hope you guys enjoy. We had a really great time recording it. Um, it. It's just it's it's really good when you when you when you are with someone that you know, you're both really interested in what you're talking about, you could talk for hours. Uh, it, it, it it will never stop. So again, hope you enjoy this. Um, again, really quick, if you haven't seen Interstellar, don't watch this. That's your last spoiler alert. <laughs> enjoy. Today, 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 space, in space, in space. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, Today in Space. Today is November, December. December. December 2nd, uh, 2014. And this is the uh, special Interstellar episode where, uh, spoiler alert, if you're listening to this, I hope you either don't like spoiled endings or um, that you actually want to go see the movie. So don't listen to this if you haven't seen the movie and you don't like surprises. Uh, Today, uh, I have a guest with me uh, from... Way back in the day, I uh, went uh, with the high school together. Um, we used middle to middle school together, huh? Middle, middle school, that's right, together. middle school middle together, school, right? Um, about middle school. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I got a little bit of a cold. Uh, we we used to make movies together all the time because we could get away with it. Our professors would uh, um, don't constantly call them, don't call them professors. Oh, I'm sorry, I've been in college for six they are, years. They are not professors. I'm sorry, they're they are teachers, and. Uh, we used to always get away with doing movies for a report instead of writing something. Uh, and we'd always, always get hundreds and they were always a lot of fun. A lot of afternoons spent recording and editing. Lots and lots of procrastination, Mm -hmm. lots of, uh, talking, lots of, I got this great idea. We have to go tape something, but, but then we, but then we didn't. And, uh, the movies (laughs) ended up being a little, little unfinished at times, but, Definitely more entertaining for our teachers, definitely not our professors, to no, uh, no. to watch instead of read and <laughs> grade all those bogus papers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, this everyone, uh, welcome John uh, to the show. Very glad to be here. Thank you for thank you for coming, sir. I have been in your house. I do love your house. It's the first thank time you're on your show. Yes, I appreciate it. It's been a long time coming. Thanks, man. So, uh, so I had you on because uh, not only do we always seem to have great conversation back and forth, but. Uh, you actually went to school for, for, for movies in general. You know, we do have great conversations back we and do. forth. Like, more than, you know, I, I feel like I'm a good conversationalist, mm-hmm. but uh, as are you. Well, thank you. But, yeah, I have a lot of uh, friends that just I can't have conversations with. <laughs> you can say sentences to them, and they interpret some of it, and they understand maybe half of it. But, um, yeah, like Alex said, uh, I'm, I went to school uh, to be a film person, and... And well, now I'm making podcasts in Alex's basement, so <laughs> that turned out differently than I thought. Yep. Like but, I said, uh, I'm very glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you, man. All right, so uh, let's let's get into it. What's uh, what's how, how should we start this? Should we kind of just go over 
general kind of overview what we thought of the movie. Let's um, let's keep it simple to start. Okay. Let's just talk about you know. Real first question: What did you think? Has your opinion of the movie changed at all since you left the theater? Because people listening. Odds are they mm-hmm. probably didn't rush home to listen to this. They're probably <laughs> really interested in the movie. They want to see what other people have to say about it. Mm-hmm. They're giving us a listen. But has your opinion changed at all? Um, well, funny thing is, so I, I went to it and I, I really enjoyed the ending. So as I'm leaving the theater, my head's just spinning because I'm trying to kind of comprehend the ending because it happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. It was like a car accident. It just happened and now I'm thinking about it <laughs> and um I, I i liked it more because for about a week i was thinking constantly and like i almost i was almost dreaming about that movie it was just the stuff that they did it was a it was a science fiction movie in space that's probably the best science fiction movie i've ever seen in space wow that's uh that is saying something yeah i mean take away star wars like those were epics and they were more like they were more uh, they were they were if, they were, if that's the right they were word fantasy based more or less M- more exactly like not anywhere the... near our own reality right and it was based in the past <laughs> or something something like that <laughs> and uh i guess by the time we would have learned about that story it would be the past this is also true. so that that I, wow i never thought about let's, that before let's not talk about star wars because no, then i'll, I'll no. eat up this entire podcast <laughs> with star we'll wars another stuff. One with <laughs> i'll go on forever um, okay Anyways, I loved it. Uh, there's a science fiction movie with stuff that's like we could do within our lifetimes, somewhat. It's. Hopefully. I thought it was. I thought the science was solid and the fiction was fantastic. Okay, um, but now keep in mind it's mm-hmm. December second now, so it's been a few weeks for both of us. Mm-hmm. So has it? It's sunk in now. Have you taken anything away differently now that it's been? I had a very different reaction when I left the theater. Um, I went into it hearing what everyone was saying about it, being like, oh, you know, the science, this and that wasn't right. It really? Now, now, it had been hyped up. It had been it hyped up. It had been hyped up. Uh, I, I guess I kind of stayed away from the hype as it was coming out. Um, but, you know, I saw it and I enjoyed it. I, I really did. I thought, I thought the, I thought the whole story was good. You know, okay. it was really solid in, in my mind. There is obviously a lot of fiction, but all within the realms of like I can something I can that's that. possible to fathom up, you know, in an afternoon. Yeah, right. Yeah, sort of a good day. Not to discredit Christopher and his brother, but uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, you can just kind of think of it up one day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, and you know what, folks, if you haven't, uh, I mean, if you're listening to this, you've already seen it. That doesn't mean you can't go see it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which I would definitely one of the best. And, you know, it seems like every year there's a new movie that sort of sets the new high ground for, like, the must-see movie theater movie. Mm. I remember, you know what, it probably started any number of places for different people. For me, though, the first time I really noticed it was when I saw Avatar. Yeah, whatever, you can say whatever mm-hmm. you want about Avatar. But it was really cool to see it in IMAX, you know, something like that had never been done before. Um, and, you know what, it seems like every year, what was it last year, you know Remember that movie Pacific Rim? Yeah. It's a really goofy, stupid movie. <laughs> but I saw that in uh, in IMAX. And I was like, wow, this is really cool to watch. Mm-hmm. It was a really silly movie at times. But there's always the new high ground for something that you have to see in a movie theater. Yeah. If not, Gravity. 
Gravity was last year. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun, too. It was so much fun. And when you see it in IMAX, it only, you know, doubles your movie-going experience. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Plus, they're they're desperately trying to get people to come into the theaters. Right. So they're going to so, keep on upping the ante. Right. Um, if you want to go see it again, though, I would definitely see it in 70 millimeter. So, uh, you know, I'm not so one of them. What's 70 millimeter? Is that uh, like original, like move, like what people think well, of? Well, when people, like typical movie for the last uh, probably going on 80 or so years, I want to mm-hmm. say, 35 millimeter. That's been the typical thing. Okay. Uh, that's it's basically just your aspect ratio how much okay. information you can fit on 35 millimeters of film um so mm. i'm not one of them but for all you math people out there 70 is twice that so <laughs> essentially you're getting twice as much information and it's on a, a slightly bigger screen so hmm. there's just so much more detail is there like a like a like i have my ticket stuff here like what i know from looking at it now, so let's see where'd you go Where'd you go? Just tell me. Uh, Pat, uh, Patriot's Place. Patriot's Place. Yeah. We're in uh, southern New England, people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> South Shore. Patriot's Place. Okay, so that's not an IMAX theater. I do love that mm. movie theater. Yeah, that, that whole place up there is nice. Oh, dude, Kraft's done an amazing job with that place. It's its own, like, city. Dude, he really has become, like, a saint <laughs> around here, right? Yeah. Saint Kraft. Created jobs. Right, right. <laughs> Just awesome, man. And a good place to hang out. Right, exactly. And you can watch a Patriot's game there. Exactly. Um... So here in southern New England, uh, if you still go to Providence Place, that's in Providence, uh, they have a 70 millimeter there. It's it's actually not too – they're not doing this at every theater that they can. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? Another one uh, that they're doing is in Boston at the okay. Lowe's uh, on the Common. Okay. So – and you know what? I actually um, – I thought that Hunger Games – for whatever reason, I thought that was IMAX. I'm mm-hmm. not even sure if it is. I remember the last one was – so I made sure I saw Interstellar in the IMAX on the 70 millimeter right. before Hunger Games. Hunger Games came out, and Interstellar is still there. So what does that tell you? Maybe people really like the movie. Yeah. Isn't there like an Interstellar pass where you can buy it? And Have you heard about this? No. And there's a ticket. Maybe I'm entirely lying. Definitely look this up before you show up at the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that there's a pass that you can buy, or at least could a couple weeks ago. And it was like an unlimited movie ticket. Wow! So it's which, for like for that for that film for Interstellar. Wow! Now I'm not sure if it's you know matinee only, whatever, whatever. Right. But you know that's a really good concept. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But yeah. right, like to, like you said, <laughs> getting people to go back to the theater, right? Mm-hmm. Give them an unlimited ticket. You can see as many times as you want, as long as we're playing it's it. It's not a bad idea. I, I think though, if you're going to see this movie like ten times, like maybe you should just. Let's stop it, it at three. Take it three easy. is enough. Yeah, it'll okay? come out soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I guess so. Going back to uh, Interstellar. So, uh, what what was like? Uh, so as far as like, would you recommend it to somebody else to go see it? What would you say to them if they were like, "I want to go see this"? You know, what did you think of it? I would. I recommend it to everyone, but I would give different people different recommendations and one thing i want to hit on is um now you said you took a date this definitely Mm -hmm. isn't a date movie um no per se (laughs) but what movie isn't a date movie i took my girlfriend uh very not science literate Mm -hmm. so uh and i'm not sure is your girlfriend is she she's science literate like so she can differentiate like the moon and something else (laughs) yes okay okay (laughs) this is good um 
But for, you know, something we'll touch on a little more later, I definitely thought for people listening to this, this is Today in Space, you're not going to have to do that much critical thinking seeing this movie. <laughs> this is true. Everything, like, oh, wormholes and black holes and uh, relativity, these aren't things that we have a really hard time grasping. Mm-hmm. However, like the majority of Americans, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and sorry, Eileen, you too, um, people don't really understand, not, I mean, not only the importance of science, but just science in general. Mm-hmm. You know, so the concept of um, the wave planet. Holy now, right shit. Now, now, that was one of the, Oh, my God. That now, was that, crazy. Was that not the coolest part of the movie? <laughs> I, that, uh, that blew me away. I, I haven't been more terrified in a movie theater. It was terrifying. Holy crap. And, and the movie was not as terrifying, I don't think. It should have been gravity, and not to get to gravity again. Mm-hmm. Gravity was terrifying at oh, times. Oh, man. Interstellar, you know, you felt, you know, uh, this is going to be tough. But That was the first time in the movie where I, I felt... Like right where right. where they were like just because I was that's what I you know that tingling you get like like down near your legs and your back when like you're just you either gonna run or you're gonna drop <laughs> you like get one or the other yeah very very <laughs> tense during spots like if you're like standing that. at the ledge of someplace really high you know that feeling you get uh, like that was exactly what I was getting mm-hmm. and I was like oh, and it kept it kept getting pretty much exponentially bigger like it didn't just double the next time you saw it it was it was like four times like right. the size yeah it was crazy that was definitely i think that's probably <laughs> i mean other than some of the pretty funky concepts that we'll get to at well, the mm-hmm. end of the movie that was definitely like keeping it really simple just a giant wave mm-hmm. and it's just and a that, big wave and that plan. was happening from what i understood of the movie i again i've only seen it once but um because of the gravitational forces because they were so close to that super massive black hole mm-hmm it was pulling the water like off the surface like the same reason like the we have tides is because the moon's gravity it's you know the where the moon is that's where the water's going closest to and the right. other side will be low tide you know so it's just it's slightly it's, more exaggerated yeah. when you're doing it's like with... stretching like rubber like around a ball right. kind of thing i guess is thankfully the moon doesn't do that here yeah uh, no you kidding. know thankfully the moon isn't actually a supermassive yeah. black and it hole and it was it was so weird that like the they could stand on the water like you thought they landed in like an ocean right because there's nothing else but they could stand which was interesting and then <laughs> the water was just like <laughs> they thought it was the mountains and it, <laughs> yeah, it was be the very water. it was very unexpected you know maybe for like you know the people who are really you know analyzing this movie as they're going along mm-hmm. maybe as soon as they pop out of the wormhole they realize hey look this planet that we're going towards is right near this giant black hole maybe there's gonna be waves that are there you right. probably weren't thinking that, though. It was probably just as much a shock to you as it was to us. Mm-hmm. Well, and then goes, brings a, a, another great point where it's like, it's like they have the, the transmissions that are being sent back. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, it just seemed a little strange that, like, the one, it's transmitting, like, good, 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 like, at, like, a scheduled rate. And, like, they're not, but I guess the weird thing is, is the whole relativity concept behind it, that... Right, it, they'd be there for seven hours every hour. So, um, it just—it was just very strange. No, it's not like that was a big twist, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was a little busy thinking about the wave. But it was, yeah. qu- it, right? It was kind of yeah. big, and there was a second one that yeah, sort of that came, they almost like, got taken two seconds yeah. later. But it was definitely cool. Just moments after that to really absorb what going to that planet meant for them, because yeah. not only was their time all out of whack after that, but mm-hmm. they realized. The person who had been there in the first place 
their time was really out of whack. They'd only been mm-hmm. there for minutes, right? Yeah, and it was a, it was a great like lesson of like that movie had a great job of of like teaching lessons of space travel. Like, if you don't do this right, this will happen. It it made that very very clear. Like, <laughs> right? There was no room. Unlike much of Nolan's stuff, there was no room for interpretation when Not it came really. to physics. Yeah, no, they, they did a very be. good job. It and and even stranger, you know, like like that movie, uh, the guy who created um, the software to 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 animate that supermassive black hole and everything that happens, that research is actually leading to like scientific discoveries around black holes because he did such a scientific and good and and legitimate job like of designing it that it's actually helping us learn about black holes <laughs> this is probably one of the first times if not the first time ever that hollywood no is kidding. actually just entertainment in general if, if i'm not mistaken he was a science literate person to start with and then found his way okay into it so there is that saving grace but <laughs> that makes sense i'm glad no, that hollywood like that could figure out home. science oh boy you know, yeah. it's another podcast, but right. th- this is, I'm not sure <laughs> why, topic. other than, uh, you know, the massive budgets that movies like this, you know, call for. I'm not sure why movies like this haven't become more mainstream. We had Gravity. We had this. They were both pretty big box office hits. Mm-hmm. We'll see a little earlier next year about any awards, yeah. but these seem to be, you know, if you have the right people in place, and this isn't some the awards like, don't even necessarily... Um, that's true, but you show. know what? Unfortunately, it's the awards that get all the headlines, it's true. right? It's true. I don't agree with the Oscars, but a lot of other people do. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, you know, it's been a few weeks for me, mm-hmm. and um, when I left the movie theater, I was sort of not disappointed. I tried to stay away, stay off the hype train. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, I hadn't, I'd really stayed away for the past like three months or so, just. All of the commercials, trailers, things popping up online. Right. Try to stay away. Um, only a little disappointed when I left, and I think that's only based on just other work that he's done. It's really hard to top okay. movies that he's already done before. So right. he set the bar pretty high. And, um, and for those that don't know, so what, what are a few of the, of the other movies? So Christopher Nolan, and to his credit, his brother Jonathan, who's they've both been making movies together. His brother typically writes. He's the director. Um, and another name I just want to throw in there for later, uh, Hans Zimmer. He's mm-hmm. done pretty much all of the music. So these three, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, what a job, man. Holy right. Crap. But for both of us, I mean, we're both heavily into music. So both is playing and just like listening. Right. Like that's a good gig. It is, but I'll get into later why I really didn't like this soundtrack okay. at all. And I really like Hans Ooh, Zimmer. He actually, yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it, that. It was bad to say the least uh but anyways so the three of these people they've uh if you're not familiar um they got uh on the block really with this movie called memento but the old movie if you haven't seen it definitely go watch it more of a a low budget uh not thriller but just a big mind fuck for lack of a better term um but what else did they do? They did um, the Batman movies, the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, they did fantastic. Inception. Inception was awesome too. So just that being said, that's that's pretty much that's all you need to do to have a decent resume. He also did uh, the Prestige. That's the one mm-hmm. with Christian Bale 
and uh, and help me out here. They're the magicians and Hugh Jackman. Yes, the competing magicians. That was, that was a crazy movie. That if you haven't seen that, that is an incredible movie. Yeah, I was I was I was a doubter at first, and then. One of my uh, fraternity brothers in college was like, no, we need to see this. And he <laughs> we sat down and we watched it. And I was like, wow. Now blown I'm, away. Another one. I'm pretty sure Hans Zimmer wasn't involved in this. To a lesser point. But uh, Insomnia mm. has Al Pacino in it. He's a detective who has insomnia. And he has a pretty good reason why if you go and see the movie. Mm. So you have all these movies. You pretty much have a flawless back to back to back to back to back mm-hmm. movies that you're releasing so unfortunately you're expected by your audience to do better that's that's what yeah, we do always you know, always getting better what have you done for me lately right <laughs> um that being said this we're not trying to bury this movie this is an incredible movie mm-hmm. everyone should see it but let's get into some of the critical stuff sure. um it's sank in for me and you know i'll just give you a number out of 10 Okay. Uh, you know, let's start with you. Me? Okay. Uh, like like you asked me earlier, gut feeling, uh, got to go with 9 out of 10. Cause as, and I backed that up saying that it is one of my favorite science fiction movies. I would give a 10 out of 10 to Back to the Future and a 9 out of 10 to Interstellar. I like that you have Back to the Future in the yeah. science fiction category. You know, mm-hmm. I've never really... That's one of my all-time favorites, but it's, I would never really associate that with science fiction. But yeah, right. where else would it be? And I right? think that's where that's where Interstellar is falling right now. That they they want it to be gravity, but it's not gravity. Right. You know, it, it's just not that movie. It's they were two totally different movies. I don't want to spend any more time on gravity. Yeah. <laughs> I. It was right. We, we can do it agree. another time. We can all agree yeah. it was an awesome, awesome movie. Mm-hmm. Right. If you haven't seen it yet, why are you why are you listening to Today in Space? <laughs> um. So here's what I think. I think I'll be devil's advocate. I'm okay. going to give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Now, that's still that's still better than average. Mm-hmm. Five. Five would be average. So you need to go and see this movie. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it had obviously some of the best visual elements, mm-hmm. if not the best, that you're going to see in any movie ever. Yeah. That alone is a reason to go see it. Uh, but just things that Nolan typically doesn't do well to begin with anyways, and they really came out in this movie. Um, just his storytelling sometimes doesn't really come through as powerful. You don't feel that attached. So for, and we'll get into some of the sound stuff later, but for pretty much that reason alone, mm-hmm. it was one of his weakest movies, uh, you know, just drawing you in. Wise. Now, it's it's going to be different for everyone, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel that real connection that uh, here we go again that I felt to Sandra Bullock in Gravity. Okay, right? It's it's a little different because you're alone with her in space the whole movie. Right. But this was almost the same thing. You're dealing with a very small amount of people. Uh, the movie was also twice as long, so right. you should have had a greater connection to these people. You know, essentially, um, but I didn't. That's why I think it. It came out a little lesser than what people had hoped for. Okay. What I had hoped for. All right. Well, I mean, it was interesting. There, there was so many because you you went into that movie thinking it's you know this guy uh, who's going to be a pilot. Then there's going to be a few other people here and there. You don't even know how many people he's on the mission with. And then you go into it, and it's just character after character after character. So I could see it hard being you know hard being able to connect. Uh, with characters, especially since, you know, the whole time with the 
with uh, the the main characters, the actor's name. I always forget. Cooper. Uh, Co- oh, Cooper. Or Ma- are you talking about Matthew McConaughey? Matthew McConaughey. I thought he did a really good job uh, as that as that pilot type, as that because um, I know guys like this, guys in in the Air Force who have been pilots. They're all they're all like that. They're He's just a very no determined. Nonsense guy. No nonsense. Determined. Stick to the mission. There's no don't get emotional. Um, but he was going through such a crazy emotion. I mean, when he sees his daughter, his age, who finally she 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 doesn't talk to him for years, years. The son like gives up on him, and then the daughter finally comes mm-hmm. out. And then, and then you find out that she's been trying to fucking save him the whole time. You know, right. it's just like that relationship hit me hard. Now, you beat me to the punch. Okay. Because the wave was definitely the craziest part of the movie. Mm-hmm. But my favorite part of the movie was when he returned from that planet and he went back and he watched all those tapes and he just burst into tears. He just and, – and who could handle it, right? Who could possibly – And he knew the whole time the, the, the risk – that they were going down on that planet and he, you know, he, he was, he should, in probably part of his head, he's probably thinking, I should have left her alone, but he can't do that because that's, she, she had to make it. They need her for the mission, mm-hmm. you know? So, and then you come back and, and the guy's sitting there, the other scientist who had been working on, uh, all the, the telemetry, I think, uh, it was 20, I think he just, he 26 just made years. He was just up there watching Netflix the whole time. <laughs> Like, oh, just going, shit, it's just been going seven years. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't yep. believe how much Netflix I've watched. <laughs> There'd be some people today, that's for sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so so it's just like the, the consequence, like, again, of you need to have your math right. You need to – and, I mean, that's representative of what that industry is about, the space industry is about. It's, it's about a bunch of people performing at their best – so that we can do things that are impossible by one or ten people, you know? It's all about calculating risk. Yeah. But at the same... So he obviously calculated the risk, mm-hmm. right? Even if he hadn't thought it through entirely. But whether it happens or not, you know, it happened to him. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't handle it. But but no one could ever handle no one, it. Yeah. You can say, oh, well, we and came that's... back a little late. Oops, but then right. when you actually sit there and watch and you think about, wow, mm-hmm. it's really been this much time. Imagine if he had been down there for another minute, you know? Yeah. It, it would have just grown. It, I know. I and, can't and even that's, think about it. It's just that hard to fathom. And I think that's what scares a lot of people away from space is is yes. these are things that it, even if you are a certain like grade of a person, like you're a tough person, space is going to break you, man. There's no... Like it's 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 nature at its most ferocious, but beautiful at the same time. Like, Metaphorically and literally, and literally, it is a cold, dark place. It's a cold, dark bitch. It really, <laughs> really is. And yeah, of course, you know, it. People are afraid to get on a plane. You know, let alone mm-hmm. a space shuttle. No and, kidding. Yeah. Not that they make space shuttles anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. it, right. Yeah. Let's not get into that either. Well, there was the G- Dream Chaser, but it didn't win an award. SpaceX won the award over. Uh, then Boeing and SpaceX won it. The company that was making the Dream Chaser, which is mm-hmm. a lot, lot smaller, um, it was kind of like looked like the shuttle, but it's like the size of um, a pickup truck, and the wings went like up, kind of and back, so they were a little more curved. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to be used a lot more, but they didn't win the contract, so they're going to try and get money. You know what? Hopefully, like you were saying earlier, with the black hole research leading mm-hmm. to 
you know, some new information about black holes. Right. This isn't going to happen overnight, but and maybe it's not going to be this movie, but just hopefully this trend of movies mm-hmm. gets people, you know, obviously more interested, hopefully, mm-hmm. but also gets us moving on this path of making space travel practical. I'm not saying let's go find a wormhole and shoot some people through it and maybe right. they'll all die. Who knows? Right. But just getting into space like you know what let's not let's let's just shoot for space mm-hmm. not the stars we're not getting there anytime yeah. soon people just space <laughs> like let's just go there mm-hmm. first nice little baby step right yep of course it's really easy sounding when i just say it like that right <laughs> just a baby step baby step and a few million maybe billion dollars <laughs> <laughs> all right before but, we get into some of the science stuff behind sure. this let's just quickly run through uh pros and cons of the movie okay. um so how about you start you say a pro, I'll say a con. How, you, okay. All sure. right. So, uh, a pro, um, it's the most successful science fiction movie, if not the only science fiction movie that I know, that depicts interstellar travel, like g- traveling to different planets, and they do it really well. Yeah, that is true. You know, I really can't think of one that. Yeah, that goes between stars, right? Yeah, yeah, going from planet to planet right. to planet. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, So I'm the con man. Uh, What was a con for me? Um, Definitely, uh, let's get into the sound for a bit. Mm. Uh, The sound really poorly mixed at times. I I guess Nolan intentionally did this. He wanted some of the dialogue to be sort of blurry because he wanted you to feel like you were there. So he, if you remember, there was a a scene where they're driving through the Mm cornfield. And it's really loud. But that being said, if you're driving through a cornfield, it's going to be really loud. Right. You're probably not going to hear what your young daughter is saying quietly mm-hmm. next to you in your truck that's going through the, the cornfield. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of dialogue there. And that was it, it sort of bothered me because that was one of the points in the movie where it might have been the first point where it was that connection or attempted connection between Cooper and his daughter Murph. Mm-hmm. Um but you couldn't hear it because they were driving through a cornfield. Right. Uh, there were a couple other parts of the movie where they had that same situation where you wanted to hear exactly what was going on because, like this movie especially, but a lot of Nolan stuff, mm-hmm. if you miss a line, you're going to miss possibly a big portion of you know the meaning of the movie. So, And there was the scene where uh, Michael Caine, he's dying in his hospital bed, yes. and he gives the big reveal that actually i've been sitting on this equation the whole time i've been lying to you the whole time my life i'm a fraud uh and i'm going to die but you God, don't actually terrible <laughs> it was terrible you know what though i i didn't mind that they did that i just wish they made no, it the, more the, cynical but you know have... what i felt I, I i i know what you mean but i felt there was there was two instances not to go on a really big tangent because we totally could but um <laughs> um you know, the first thing is that's something that someone would really do. Like a person that genuinely thought that that they had the equation, they just knew it was impossible for us to get there. Like they would make an excuse and lie for the rest of their life to do that. Like th- th- that's what killed me. And the same thing with Matt Damon's character is that there is a person right. that would become a coward in that situation you know and it's it, so it's like another reality of space travel that maybe not everybody is 
suitable for that. Some people, they probably should just stay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's you know? another um, something that Nolan does a lot in his movies. Now, he has a lot of characters that, um, you know, a horrible example of this would be Harvey Dent, Two-Face in, mm-hmm. uh, in the second Batman. He obviously goes from being very good to being very, very bad. bad. But most of his characters generally are either... Uh, not actually call it this way, but black or white. Mm-hmm. They're very defined. They're not about to completely evolve over the course of a movie. You're given their traits, and their traits are unchanged throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So that leads to people just acting on their own instincts and their own sort of, you know, whatever's clicking in their brain. Right. Like you said, Matt Damon, you know, what are you doing, Matt Damon? Don't ruin this I, I whole was saying it in my thing. head. Yeah. You're ruining <laughs> yeah. everything. And then he kept on doing it and he kept doing yeah. it and doing it and doing it. Because he was set he was so afraid of dying. And he was such a coward. Right. That it didn't matter if it didn't make any sense anymore. He was gonna he needed to get to that other planet because he knew his planet wasn't habitable. So he would risk at least trying to go to a planet that's habitable than to keep living on that rock. He pressed Remember he said that he pressed the, uh, the, the, the the hypersleep, which was crazy, by the way. We'll go into that in a bit. Um, and he didn't even set an, uh, a waking date. So he pretty much is that is that was technically suicide? I technically, guess, that's, I, guess. I mean, especially after we know about his character, I think that's what he was trying I, to do. I can't say he's like, well, yeah. someone will come eventually and then yeah. wake him up. I don't think he was expecting that. No. Um, you'd like to when you first meet him because it's Matt Damon. Right. Who doesn't he's, like Matt he's Damon? the best of us. He's the one that, that encouraged everyone to do what they were doing. And it turns out he was actually a coward, you know? He's kind of a phony. He's yeah. a big, fat... But phony. granted, who wouldn't break under the pressure of, you know, I think there's two there's ways you go about it. There's, a, there's line. a line. There's a line. But I think people would go either way on some cases. Maybe I'd try to kill... Matthew McConaughey and the crew and uh, and the little square robot that they brought along. By the way, I would we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. I love those things. I hated them at first. I, me too. But I was like, what are you? What is this thing? This is you know the what it worst was? looking they, thing. They called it. Uh, they called them government. Uh, like, like I don't know what what are the government drones or something like that in the beginning. And Matthew McConaughey was just like Coop was just like, no, get that thing away from me. <laughs> it was just. It was such a weird concept but it really did grow on me we'll get to that in a second they were helpful when uh when matthew mcconaughey so he's on this planet and he sorry not matthew mcconaughey matt damon yes he's on this planet and you would uh, think his name was uh it was uh, it was man. dr man right yeah. dr man yeah let's see here so i got a little notes here uh this is what happens after three weeks yeah i know we, we had to print out some stuff <laughs> yeah i guess uh yeah they just say man in this all right, well, he's definitely not the man. Mm-hmm. He goes and tries to kill Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like, you've been in this tube for God knows how long. You're going to be a little nutso. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll give him that, okay? And he only cracked uh, McConaughey's mask. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he actually didn't die. Or Right, and he was a coward because he couldn't. Not that, <laughs> not that you should. But another facet of his character being a coward that he then couldn't watch him die you know what you're absolutely right i yeah. never thought about that yeah but like they were in a pretty like 
ledgy place, he could mm-hmm. have easily just given him like a little nudge and he would have just oh, rolled yeah. right down he, into... And he tried to do it, then he failed. Then he tried to kick him down because like he, he, every time because he was doing it because he was being a coward. Because he knew he shouldn't, but he didn't want to die, you know? So this isn't the guy who you love to hate. It's just the guy who you hate. <laughs> exactly. You just really hate him. Exactly. Uh, you'd think, though, he'd draw the line at, you know, you failed doing that. Just give mm-hmm. up. But no, yeah. but then he takes the ship and he absolutely mangles everything in space. Yeah. Now, that was another part of the movie where I was really horrified. Not yeah. horrified like the wave, like there's a giant mm-hmm. wave coming at you, but just like... It, it really threw me off. You know, I guess I was expecting a twist of some sorts, you know, just a big, right. you know, a wrench in the path. But, yeah, that was definitely a good um, a good way to really put them in stress mm-hmm. that, they, that they really hadn't been for a lot of the movie. You know, for being in a completely different galaxy and going through a wormhole yeah. and being out of fuel nearly, you know, they were pretty calm the whole time. A little too calm. Yeah, yeah, they didn't really break until, like... They were making the decision to go. Well, the break happened when they came back 20-something years later. Mm-hmm. And then she's dealing with it then. Um, so uh, what was the, the other character's name? Which one? Um, the daughter of... Uh, You're talking about Murph, the little... No, not Murph. Um, God, my name's... I, I apologize, everybody. But uh, Michael Caine's daughter in the movie. Oh, 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 oh. I, um, I can't believe I'm not remembering her name. You know what? She was familiar. I couldn't pick out her name. Oh, though. my goodness. Hold on, everyone. This is terrible. <laughs> We're just looking up that name. All right, all right, all right. So it's Anne Hathaway. She was Amelia Brands, and she was uh, there with the physicist uh, Romilly, who was David Giassi, um, and geographer Doyle, uh, who was Wes Bentley. Um, Next time we do a movie review, yeah. we will do it in the parking lot after the movie. <laughs> after the movie exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this, this few weeks after it makes it really hard, <laughs> even with a little prep before. Anne Hathaway. Mm, that Anne sounds familiar. Hathaway. Mm. God, I'm sorry, Anne. Apologize. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're listening. <laughs> so um, you know, I, I don't even know. We were, oh, so anyway, so so that was kind of the breaking point. Um, when when Anne Hathaway was going to go for, I think it was Edmonds, because she loved him, because right. they were in a relationship. But So then that brings in the conflict of, all right, that's an emo- you can't make an emotional decision like that on a mission where we're trying to save the population of humans. Like we, You have we to do the opposite of right. what Matt Damon was doing. Right. You have to... And then in the end, it turns out that that was the right move anyways. Because Edmund's planet was habitable. It it was dumb luck. But yeah, it was it, dumb luck. No, no doubt right, about that. The, the ends yeah. justify the means. Mm-hmm. And that was a great ending. Um, let's save mm-hmm. that for the end. Okay. How about this? Because you mentioned love. Yes. Let's, let's talk about this. Um, not that I just foreshadowed anything. Okay. But if you had to take one theme away from that movie, and I think it had, it had too many themes, and mm-hmm. it didn't touch on one enough. It had a couple of separate themes mm-hmm. um but nolan is usually really politically driven and he usually mm-hmm. drives the theme right down your throat so when he didn't this time i was a little mm. surprised and i was surprised that for someone like him who usually keeps everything very uh not that this isn't realistic but cold harsh mm-hmm. you know reality right i right. would say the main theme of the movie was love 
And mm. not to sound all, uh, you know, goofy, yeah. but the movie was all about, in the smallest sense, Cooper trying to get home to his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Love of his family. Anne Hathaway trying to get to Edmonds. Mm-hmm. So what... And continuing her father's work. Right. Right. And, of course, Murph's uh, eventual... Obviously, she's a little rebel at first, mm-hmm. but her eventual love for her father. Mm-hmm. So what other theme would you take away from that movie? Um, well, I thought there was, there was like two, two drastic things, especially from when you were on Earth to when you were out in, in space. The, when you were on Earth, there was this feeling of there was the whole caretaker thing where it was like people had kind of given up People were kind of blinded by um, the fact that these dust storms are not good for you and that people, you know, the, the family's having a cough, nobody looking at it. Just the kind of the ignorance and the, the, the getting caught up in the daily routine and not realizing that there is something better out there if we have the balls to go take it, which is where the switch happens when he goes into space, that it's like... It's this is all risk, but it's for the betterment, right? You know, of the human race. It's for, you know. So I thought, I thought he did a really good job of making those extremes. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I'm not sure about any other themes, though. Well, how about this? This isn't really a, a theme that that hits home necessarily. We'll get to our, we'll get back to our pros and cons. Mm-hmm. We kind of straight off that a little bit. But it's let's. Okay. How about this one more theme? Okay, it's a good conversation. <laughs> how about the fact that. Um, NASA, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was called NASA. I'm pretty sure it was, yes, and they, they so were actually the remaining uh, NASA team, whatever was left of NASA, because the budgets had been cut. Well, yeah, there wasn't much. They right. were hiding. Right. Right? They were literally hiding from yeah. everyone. Well, they became a secret government operation, is Which what they became. I think plays into the sad actual reality, mm. not, you know, just alone in the movie, that. Um, especially when you have, you know, parts of this planet that are not doing so well at all. People are not encouraged when you're talking about going to space. We have so many problems here. This is right. an argument you hear all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, who cares about space? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. We need to fix the planet first. And you know what? I totally agree. The planet does need to be fixed. However, I don't think people understand that not all of it, but part of that is going to happen when you mm-hmm. go into space. You're not going to go to space and get a magic bean and bring it back, but in doing so... But that's what everyone wants. That's what everyone... Like, recycling. Everyone thought that was the magic bean. Right. But it wasn't. It turned out that your your turnover rate of what you put in to what you get out was a lot lower than people wanted. They thought it was 100%. <laughs> if we recycle this, we can use all that material to go in here. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. And not everything's going to work either when it comes to space. You're going to mm-hmm. have things literally blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, in your face sometimes. Listen, if we didn't have the space industry, we wouldn't have cell phones as we have them today. That's the inevitable reality. Right. We wouldn't have satellite TV. Uh, we wouldn't have a lot of things. We couldn't even begin to list all the things that we wouldn't e- have exactly. if it wasn't for looking up, mm-hmm. plainly said. You know, not even with modern space, but just people looking up throughout history in general. Yeah. We wouldn't have a lot of the stuff that we have today. Yep. It would be a very different place. So I think in this movie... It was a really sad theme that they had to hide all of that Mm. simply because the fear of dying pretty much from the whole population, the fear of dying was so much so that that if NASA had been revealed, people would have been 
you know, people don't like NASA today. Some people, people would have been out in front Some of... Some people the... don't even think NASA still exists. Well... I, call, I talk to people all the time. They're like, what's, what's NASA doing now? Hmm. You know, which is totally understandable. They, It's it's not in the mainstream because no. the mainstream is not literate enough to to even talk about. They run away from it. No, they want if, – if NASA was mainstream by today's standards, mm-hmm. they would be sending rockets up uh, every other day because that's what you need to do to mm-hmm. you know, keep High the attention of people in Elementary school students would be sending science projects into space on a regular basis. Right, right. But unfortunately, it's not. It costs a lot of money and a lot of time to send these things into space. Mm-hmm. So, Which, every... granted, the, the, the numbers of how much money, especially tax money, that goes from your dollar to – NASA is so small comparatively, and they do so much with as little as we give them. Can we just like double it? I, I th- but the problem is, is how do you get people enough to tell that our representatives to tell our senators, congressmen that whoa, this whoa. is what we want? You lost me at representative. <laughs> the 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 populace needs to decide that it's something we want to pay for. Hopefully, movies like this will really sort of get the point across. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, actually, today, uh, in like seven minutes, uh, Bill Nye is speaking with the with Planetary Science um, about a possible mission to Europa. So, uh, and it's one of the few uh, exoplanet slash moons that we know of that uh, has an ocean of water. So, we want to see if life is there, could be there, like the the Hubble Space Telescope is showing um uh, like geysers of water being sprayed out so we want to send a robot there our moon is totally better people (laughs) it is the best moon don't be fooled it's pretty sweet it's pretty sweet did you know (laughs) did you know fun fact uh the distance between the earth and the moon you could fit every planet in our solar system side by side i knew that exactly yes it's crazy no i didn't know that at all really that's crazy that's that, how much empty space there is in the universe. <laughs> that is, it's sort of sad. Mm. It really is sad. But thank God it's that way. Because if those were all next to each other, it'd be crazy. I don't want the moon in my backyard. I like looking at the moon. I don't like it that much. Mm-hmm. Right? I think this brings the wave effect uh, back into the spectrum. I don't want killer waves <laughs> coming every 10 minutes. Yeah. Let's leave that for the movies. Mm-hmm. And that's it for part one of the Interstellar discussion on the Today in Space podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. Um, It was a great conversation. And there's even more. There's a part two. So just move on on to the next episode and uh, enjoy. Thank you for listening, everyone. Bye.